This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and I'm with you for the next half hour or so. Later in the programme, we'll be talking with Lily Holmes, Managing Director of PB Machine Tech in Carlow, who was a finalist in what is probably the biggest and certainly the most prestigious business award in Ireland, and indeed probably in Europe. Lily was one of just eight shortlisted in the international business category and one of only 24 entrepreneurs chosen overall for this year's EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award, which was held in City West in Dublin and broadcast on television on Thursday night. Speaking of awards, last weekend saw over 600 people gather for the Kilkenny Chamber Business Awards, which were held in the Lyrath Estate Hotel. Later, we'll be talking to the winner of the Family Business of the Year Award. But first, to Careers Kilkenny. Kilkenny County Council, through its local enterprise office, is staging a unique careers event which showcases the hundreds of jobs on offer in leading companies located across Kilkenny City and County and it's been held in the Kilkenny Medieval Mile Museum on December 28th next. A range of businesses, including State Street, Cartoon Saloon and Lighthouse Studios, VHI, Bank of Ireland, CF Pharma, the Cairn Group and the Asgard Group will be joined by rapidly growing local companies such as the Modubuild, Biotanics, Lonit, AB Agri, Integro and Security Risk Advisors. The Tax Back Group will also be there. Already Already, companies who have confirmed their attendance at the event are seeking to fill in the region of 600 plus positions across a huge range of jobs, including IT professionals, customer care and sales, engineering, technical, financial administration, network planners, technicians, HR, accounting, facilities and production. Whew! This really is a fantastic event. There's a great array of companies taking part. The event was officially launched during the week and Eamon Nivrainon went along to talk to some of the people behind the event as well as some of the companies taking part. Here's her report. Uh, Fiona Deegan, Head of Enterprise with the Local Enterprise Office, Kilkenny County Council. Yeah, we've fantastic jobs available. I couldn't believe it myself when we when we began to target the companies. We have about 20 ex- exhibition spaces available and we targeted the, the very best of companies here in Kilkenny. Unfortunately, we're not going to have room for all the companies. Actually, I have a waiting list at the moment of companies wanting to get in. So we'll try and accommodate as many as we can, but really, really fantastic jobs. And, you know, hopefully we'll have over five. 500 jobs. Actually, I know we'll have well over 500 jobs by the time uh, we're actually t- tie down all of the bookings. So it's really exciting. You get lots of feedback from employers. You're always out and about chatting to local businesses. Um, are they telling you that it is one of the big challenges now is recruiting new staff? Recruit, recruitment and particularly re- retention is a big issue for employers. Um, I suppose we're lucky here in Kilkenny in that people are travelling as well from outside of the county to come and work here in Kilkenny. You know, a fantastic place to work. It's a 10-minute city. You know, if you're living in Kilkenny, you can walk to work. So, I mean, ideal for, for people looking at coming to Kilkenny and to be able to walk or cycle to work. 
Colette Byrne, Chief Executive of Kilkenny County Council. Lots of companies recruiting at the moment and I think by the time we have the jobs fair we'll certainly be well over 500 jobs available for people who are interested either in getting jobs in Kilkenny, maybe coming back to Kilkenny or just starting out in a career in Kilkenny. A lot of the jobs I've heard about here today as well are good quality jobs. You know, they're not just jobs, it's a possible career. Yeah, that certainly would be the message. And I think where we have clusters in certain sectors, you certainly have a great opportunity for people to come, maybe have the opportunity to move on, to move up and not be confined, maybe our field are confined to one company. And I think that's a good opportunity, certainly in some of the sectors we have, like the financial services, the agri-sector, you know, good opportunities, lots of crossovers in them and it should work well for people looking to come back and settle in Kilkenny. And the great thing as well is it's not just for people maybe who are looking to live in Kilkenny but we have the motorway is fantastic so there are people maybe listening in South Tipperary or in Carlow or in Waterford and it's a nice commute it's not too long and great to have a job in the South East. You know and I think for anyone at the moment who might be commuting to Dublin the notion that you might have a 30 or 40 minute commute in a rural area is extremely doable. I mean you're on the move most of the time, you're not stuck in traffic and it certainly is an easy commute um, for anyone who, as you say, they might not all settle in Kilkenny itself but it is a commun- an easy commute from anywhere in the region and I suppose it's one of the things that Kilkenny has an advantage in in that we're the only county in the southeast that actually borders the other count- five counties. So it's a big advantage for us I suppose that people can come from any county to come into Kilkenny. John Duggan from Lonet and uh, we're now based in Kilkenny so we've an office there and uh, we're based out of uh, Dublin as well. And tell me about Lonet. Is it a startup? How long are you in business? And who are you trying to recruit? So uh, Lonet is a new credit intermediary. It's a fintech company. Uh, and at the minute, we are looking for financial advisors and also analytics and tech people as well. So we're looking to hire about three to five people over the next three to four months. Are you looking for recent graduates or people with experience or a mix? Uh, pretty much a mix, really. It depends on the role. For uh, financial advisors, we're looking for maybe people with some experience. But for the analytics and tech, uh, a wide range. So people from right out of uh, graduates uh, up to well-experienced. And I'll just get you to introduce yourself as well, please. Uh, Padraig Nolan, uh, co-founder of Lonus with John Duggan here beside me. So you founded the business together. How's it going? It's a great idea. Uh, it's going well, I suppose. Look, it takes time. Um, it's hard jumping into a startup world from, I suppose, we all both worked in corporate institutions before. So it's a different role. You do a 360 role and you have to do everything yourself and it's learning everything from the ground up. Um, and obviously the careers forum is very important to you because um, it's a challenge to get good people to get staff and we're in a market now where there are plenty of jobs at the moment Yeah definitely I suppose we're really looking forward to, to get our name out there as a company I suppose when you're a startup, not many people would have heard of you but when I suppose with a careers event like this it will get us a chance to put our name out there get other people to come up and have a chat to us get us to let them know what roles that we have and what we will have over a period of time It's Louise Flannery and I come from Lighthouse Studios but we're teaming up with Cartoon Saloon coming under the banner of Drawn to Kilkenny. It sounds very exciting. A little bit of glamour and glitz here in Kilkenny and Oscar nominees and winners and all sorts. Oh, all celebrities around the place we are here in Kilkenny, but it's just great. We just want to um, draw people to Kilkenny, not just like to come here just to work. We want them to come here and, you know, enjoy Kilkenny as a place to work, rest and play. 
Brilliant. And I was talking to another employer earlier on about the connectivity to Kilkenny as well. So you have people from Carlow, from Waterford, maybe from Tipperary, um, that would love an opportunity to be based in the southeast. So the message is there are jobs in Kilkenny. There are jobs in Kilkenny. We are actually going to be looking for up to, between the two studios, up to about 80 crew. At the moment, between the two studios, we have over 300 crew. And so we are just growing every day. We have new productions coming on between the two studios so we we want we have uh, I suppose vacancies within all areas including animation, accounts even HR, facilities so a wide variety of vacancies here in our studios. That gives us a flavour. The majority of the jobs, do you need to have a certain third level qualification or is there any criteria um, that people need to look out for? Well, in relation to the animation, we do look for the third level. Um, and But there is also opportunities for internships, you know, for people who are just about to graduate from college or looking for internships while they're in, uh, in their college term, looking for internships. We're open to any vacancies that we have in relation to the studio experience. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.omf.ie. Careers Kilkenny, the event taking place in the Medieval Mile Museum on December 28th. So if you know of anyone who is interested in a career change or returning to Kilkenny to live and work and want to suss out some exciting careers opportunities, do tell them about the Careers Kilkenny event. There are many great companies, uh, too many to mention indeed. But for more information, check out the website careerskilkenny.com. Now, moving on, family businesses are a huge building block of Irish life and the economy. And it is fitting that the Kilkenny Chamber Awards recognise this with an awards category focused on recognising Kilkenny's finest family businesses. This year, the nominees were Quinn and Sons Tyres and Auto, Gittins Murray Architects and Johnson Funeral Directors. Johnson's Funeral Directors were awarded the Business of the Year title. Following his win, I spoke with Sammy Johnson about his family business and what the award means to them. I started by asking him when the business was first established. Um, 1912. Was the was was my great grandfather who who founded? He came down from um, he came down from Tyrone, and um, he um, he was a tea merchant and came down in the probably eighteen eighty something like that, and settled in Kilkenny and he set up the business at that stage, um, and um, uh, yeah, went from there. Then um, he married locally. Then and then my grandfather, my father, myself, and now my sons. Which aren't directly involved, but they they, they help me out and and they're, they're both in gainful employment thanks to God. But they help me out when I'm stuck, you know. So we're five generations in it, John. Yeah, five generations in over a hundred years. Yeah. Do, was it passed down in the family what funerals were like over a hundred years ago, or would you have any knowledge of that? Um, I should look at it. It's, it's obviously over a hundred years. Things have changed immensely. You know what I mean? And I think every generation brought it on to a certain level as, as I'm doing now myself um, my great grandfather and even my, my grandfather would have been in the horse hearse and things like that we had all that and um, but everything changed it, it, it develops it's a very hands on business um, there hasn't been much change I mean with the advent of technology and advertisement and radios and things like that you know these things have changed you know but 
the, the overall structure of a funeral hasn't changed all that much. It's just it's just got very professional now at this stage. You know, it's it's it's, it's a professional business. And funerals very much at the centre of Irish life and Irish culture. Really, they're a unique um, oh, a, a unique occasion absolutely. and call for huge discretion and customer yeah. service. I customer suppose service. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's an old saying that nobody does funerals like the Irish do. You know, and it's true, and it's it's a, it's a very much part of. Of, of 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 life for want of a better word but um yeah it's very important to people to 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 to, to have a dignified funeral to send their loved one off with, with 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 the best you know what i mean and um some people say we do it too quickly over here compared to the english model um where it takes weeks to do it but um it's 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 done it's done with great dignity over here and people are very very respectful of funerals and and it's something that hasn't changed over the years whereas life has changed in general the respect for funerals and everything attached to it is still the same as it was over the, all the years but they have in many ways become more varied it used to be uh, you know the wake at the house and then to the church um, different formats now come in sometimes you know the funeral home itself yeah. wasn't a feature until no. relatively recently no, no well we we opened the first funeral home in Kilkenny City in 1985 and up to then it was the the, the mortuary in the hospital was used a lot if, if the home wasn't used, you know what I mean? Um, if the, the private residence is what I mean, it wasn't used. Um, it's, 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 that has changed okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose the, the traditional funeral going back over the years was your, your, your nighttime removal to the church you know, come back the following morning for mass and things like that, and then the burial straight after. Now, more, more, probably seventy percent of people now aren't going with the night before. They're doing all in one day of removal from the house or the funeral home on the morning straight to the church and the burial thereafter. Um, and I, I think that that it's just down. I, I, a lot of it's down to just the change in the church as well. I think, and you know, everything is changing really in in, in Ireland. You know, um, it's a job that you can't make a lot of plans from like death people never know when death comes is that difficult for you and for the family on a personal basis uh, you know that you don't know when you're going to be working in effect um, it can be yeah very much so um, my phone is my constant companion 24 hours a day um, I'm lucky my brother was with me in, in, in the business Shane um, he's an integral part of it and um we can we can structure our, ourselves around it. You know what I mean. That one of us is on call at all time. It's, it is a twenty four hour day job, seven days a week, three three six five a year. Because as you say, none of us know when 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 a death will occur. You know. Yeah, and um, you've grown up with it. That must be a kind of a, a benefit. You, you mentioned about your own sons uh, involved yeah. in it. Mm. Um, you're kind of born to it in many ways. I think so. Yeah, it's 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 like a vocation, John. It really is. Um, and uh, I was the one just that that um, my eldest brother uh, joined the priesthood, um, and he's he's since married. And I was next in line to I just I, I went to Carlo and done a business studies, and I just went into the business in 1986, and a minute since joined my father at that stage. And yeah, we would have we would have grown up with it, and we would have seen dad being on, on you know all the time being on duty, and the same as myself 
the phone ringing at any hour of the night or you know for 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 funerals and you just have to be there for people all the time so we had a good knowledge of it my sons behind me have a good knowledge of things and they know the the, the way it is yeah. you know and the life that one of them or two of them are going to face into you know and they'll have to just accept it and because we're not going to let it slip at this stage we have four generations they're the fifth and it's it's going to stay the way it is and I suppose um, death can be so traumatic, it can be expected or unexpected. Yeah. Many people outside of the business would wonder how you can cope with that on a, on a personal basis. I suppose the fact that it's been in the business for so long and you've grown up with it is some assistance, but it must be a hard job at times. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, I, I, do you know something, John, I don't think it's, it's something that everybody can do. You, you, you know, you're, 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 the experience of growing up with it is a help. But at the same time, I mean, people's uh, the trauma they're going through at times of death and things like that. We have to take it on board. Um, we have to deal with it for them. We have to be there for them. There's no point, we, you know, as upsetting as it, it can be. And it does hit you at times, but we have to be strong for the people. They're the ones in the vulnerable position. We have to be there for them at that time. And um, there's no point in us getting emotionally upset because... We have to be there to help them, you know. This uh, recognition from Kilkenny Chamber must mean a lot, family business of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, greatly honoured. It was an honour for all, myself and all our, my family, to be honest. Um, and it was a great recognition to, to my late dad and, and, and who went before him, do you know, who instrumental in, in starting the whole thing. I'm only a, a continual of it, that's it, you know. Um, and it was a great recognition. Yeah, it was, yeah we were nominated by... Um, a gentleman we done a funeral for this year and um, he was impressed with the service and he, he put us forward. It's not something I would have done myself and but just out of respect to that gentleman we, 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 we continued with the process and went through it. So five generations so far and you're confident it'll continue on down through the definitely, Johnsons? Definitely, John, yeah. It's going nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Sammy Johnson there of Johnson's Funeral Directors. Winners of the Family Business of the Year Awards at this year's Kilkenny Chamber Business Awards held in Kilkenny last Saturday. Now, I was delighted also to be able to attend the EY Entrepreneur of the Year event, which was held in City West on Thursday night last. This is the second year in a row that a Carlow businesswoman has been shortlisted in what are surely the most prestigious awards for entrepreneurs on this island. Last year, business powerhouse Rachel Doyle of the Arboretum flew the flag for Carlow. Lily Holmes of local company AB Machine Tech was the this year shortlisted in the International Business of the Year category and was up for the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Before she headed off to what was a glittering event, Lee came into the studio to talk to me and I started by asking her to tell me about her path to the final of the competition. I was nominated back early this year and then I was contacted by Ernest and Young around April time when they launched the programme. So they launch this programme every year and they have a great team, a specialist EOY team from EY itself. And uh, they contacted me in April, said I was nominated. And then after some submissions and interviews and a visit to the company at PB and so on, they came back then and said I was shortlisted into the 24. 
So from 24 people then uh, you go forward through a series of, of different events throughout the rest of the year from that time in April until now in November. So they included things like further submissions, presentation of financial performance, um, interviews, a big panel of interviewing with uh, a 12 person senior panel of interviewers um, and sending in different stages of submission documents. And the final thing then was a video on site at the factory just a couple of months ago. So Lily, the Burnside group of companies, it's well known, but just to repeat, you employ over a thousand people in Carlow. Um, and uh, you're MD of PB Machine Tech. Tell us about your path to becoming managing director of this company, which I believe now employs about 160 people. That's right, yeah. So PB Machine Tech, as you say, has about 160 people. It's based in Bagnallstown and it has two different factories in Bagnallstown. And I lead that one there and work with my brother, Pascal. And there are three generations. The directors of the company are... Uh, Pascal, myself, my other brother Pat and my father Paddy and we have two of the third generation in the company as well who are my son and daughter Hazel and Colm and uh, my path to becoming MD um, I originally started out in Burnside just after secondary school went straight in immediately, immediately <laughs> from leaving search the following week I think, uh, went in there and I worked at uh, just about anything that needed doing, setting up an office structure and so on and developing teams and then developing some companies and structures out of that over the early years and I became an accountant there while I had a couple of young kids at the time uh, so I decided accountancy was the way for me and I hadn't had the opportunity straight after school so I did it that way and it does show that you can build your career as you go along and build your qualifications that you don't have to go straight to college from school so that was the way that I did that and tell us about that how tough was that like I mean you must have had to sacrifice a lot you know you had young children at the time you had a job and you were studying to be an accountant. Yeah, um, there were many long days <laughs> and many long weekends. Uh, it was tough. It was tough for sure. And things like home study had to be done rather than going to college in the normal route. And that is demanding on your time for sure. So, yeah, you become fairly organised at managing, at managing your time in, in times like that. Is that one of the keys of it, time management? I do think so. Yeah, you, you do have to be fairly good at planning to make progress when you have a lot of things coming at you together. For sure. And I suppose that's one of the things I would have focused on pretty well over the years. Mm. For sure. Yeah. So tell us about the, the business story of PB Machine Tech then. What have you know, up to this year, 2019, highs and lows are all highs. Oh, highs and lows. It started small. My brother Pascal came home from Australia what, 30 years ago now and uh, we bought one machine, a lathe, to start making some uh, precision parts for Burnside because Burnside was growing rapidly at the time. So we formed the company and he worked there day and night and myself and Pat and Paddy supported it from the distance because we were in Burnside. So literally how many people were employed day one in one in just himself okay. yep then he took on a helper very shortly after that and then it grew and grew so we we did keep growing um and we manufactured special purpose machinery to make the competitiveness of burnside better as well that was one of the real reasons for forming the company as well as making the precision parts and we still have those two lines of business and they're really important to us today as well as making cylinders now at this point um so that's that's the reason the company was formed and it grew uh, and 
had its ups and downs. I suppose the most serious downward trend, uh, and the only one, in fact, to be fair, the only one was in 2009 when everybody experienced the same thing with the world recession. But when that went down, we did lose 50, 60 percent of some of our customers, at, uh, not our customers themselves, but of the customer orders. We actually lost no customers. So we had to manage the same as everybody else did in tough times and built it back up over the years then. So we've had very busy uh, period in the last three years. We've been growing a lot. We've actually doubled in the last three years. Your, your customer base is largely global OEMs, OEMs standing for original equipment manufacturers. Equ- equipment yeah. manufacturers. You're talking, right. give us a flavour of the kind of companies. Yeah, they're companies that all make mobile machinery. So they can be forklifts, refuse trucks, uh, car transporters, agricultural machinery like ploughs or potato harvesters and warehouse trucks like forklifts and uh, warehouse um, manual pallet trucks and so on. So you start with one employee and a, a lathe. So how do you go about attacking that market, which is not really renowned for doing business with one person operations? Yeah, it takes a long time and a lot of credibility to get to the point of having those type of customers on your books. And we go for leaders at this stage and uh, that that does take time. So I suppose we, as in PB Machine Tech, we were lucky as in we were supplying into Burnside and with all the efforts going through Burnside, it was growing and the demand for cylinders was growing worldwide. And bit by bit, particularly once Burnside broke into Germany and then into Europe further, um, the name, the quality stood to, to the name and the name started growing and we all of us went after developing that business there's a huge team involved and they're they're so committed you know and we built it on reputation more than anything and then as the need grew uh, there was a need for more production more capacity and PB came in there to support that and now has its own a good team of, of fine customers and it means really giving giving a, a kind of an excellent service in a bespoke engineering environment um, it's special and if you do win clients and win business unless you do something wrong and if you're reasonably competitive of course you tend to hold on to it when people think of precision engineering and all that kind of stuff you think of germany really as the holy grail what did you do to to forge links with germany yeah, in the early days, um, people like our bodies, like Core Tall as it was then, and now Enterprise Ireland, really, uh, were very supportive of trying to develop in Germany. And back at that time, um, my father Paddy and his brother Anthony and Caroline, my sister, went along and learned German in the hard way. They learned it night after night, and they learned German because that time, if you wanted to communicate, particularly with technical people in German companies, really you had to be on their level. And to be on their level, really, it was a big advantage to have the language. So they did that and a few more of us learned German after that as well. And uh, we tried to do things the way they did them. We, we kind of model the business now and then on how the Japanese operate. We, we try our best to do that. But doing that and giving the Germans what they wanted gave us a lot of learning and we, we developed that German is one thing, gut and tag and outfeeders in and so on. But technical German, presumably you would have been conversing with engineers and talking about specifications and exotic bits of machinery. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's different. Uh, with, there were many big, thick um, um, German dictionaries going around, uh, technical dictionaries that my father would have originally bought. And uh, we used those and even did up um, uh, sort of summarised spreadsheets of all the key technical terms. And we would distribute those spreadsheets to the key people in the design office. A misunderstanding so could so be expensive. Yes, y- easily. You could be talking about one end of the cylinder versus the other and get it totally wrong. Uh, so, yeah, it was a bit more of a challenge to learn the technical words. You didn't have to be maybe fluent in the language, but you had to understand the technical terms to read drawings and so on. Yeah. Um, 
talk to me a bit about um, the family business aspect of things, because um, now I think your your own children are, are working in the business. That's right. We have three generations uh, in the business now. So the founders of the Burnside business and the founders of our own PB business are still active in the company every day. My dad and his brothers are still working in the business. And there's ourselves, the second generation of which there are several. In PB itself, there are two of us, myself and Pascal. And Pat is the leader in Burnside Autosil. And then in the third generation in PB Machine Tech, we have Colm and Hazel, my son and daughter. And one of them is in customer service and the other is in engineering. And uh, in Burnside, in Tullow, we have two of the third generation as well. Pat has two daughters, Louise and Melissa, in the, in the service end of the business. Yeah. And is it possible to switch off, do you find, in relation, you know, when you're surrounded by family? I mean, switch off when you leave work. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes there are deadlines to be met and there are hard targets to meet or whatever it might be. And that involves huge commitment. You know, you might have to get up and go in there on a Sunday and do whatever you have to do. There's always been that, but you'll find that in, in any family business. There's usually huge commitment. But absolutely, yeah, we, we have to you have to switch off because you don't you, you'll burn out. <laughs> we, do, we do switch off. Certainly we treat each other as family members like business colleagues when we're in work. And then we we're gone fairly experienced at it now. We, we managed to cut that separately from family life yeah um being uh, working in a family business is one thing but uh, working as a woman in an in an industry that's traditionally regarded as as male dominated big heavy machinery and all that sort of stuff talk to me a bit about that or has it been a factor or an issue yeah i suppose i grew up with it so it didn't really uh, phase me i suppose really you know but um uh, yeah, it, it's it's they're scarce, you know, in our company even the and it's unfortunate really still, but the level of women working in our business is only about three percent. You know, it's quite low still. We're trying to encourage even young girls in secondary schools and so on and young engineering girls and that's to, to come along and to start taking part. Uh, I think uh, we will see it changing. But for me, um, when I moved to PB from Burnside to to take Pat's role, I did have a lot of engineering to learn. And uh, I found, I have to say, that I had no issues with any of the guys. Um, the team are really supportive. They're a great team anyway. So I didn't find it a problem. And I suppose I had lots of support in the likes of um, my siblings and the likes of uh, my pa- Paddy and so on. So I didn't find it an issue, but I do know it can be. Yes, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it just strikes me, and I, I'm, I know Paddy, your father. He's an insatiable thirst for knowledge. I think that drives the whole family. Would that be fair to say? I mean, you're talking about learning German, engineering, accountancy. It seems to be a real motivating force, a kind of curiosity, and drive forward and improve the whole time. Yeah, we, we're lucky, I suppose, that we probably have uh, curious minds and uh, we're, we're pretty hardworking and we're fairly, fairly determined, uh, you know, tenacious, I've been called a few times. Um, we tend to try to get things to work and we love solutions, whether they're a mechanical solution or, a, let's say, a software solution or whatever it is. We, we tend to like that type of thing and uh, it has driven us along, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur uh, Programme, uh, you've arrived and, and as we speak uh, or as we're broadcast the event, the culmination of the event was last Thursday night um, not just a, a case of being nominated and turn up in City West on, on Thursday night, quite a process to be whittled down to tell us about the interview that you went through, that sounded like an interesting one 
12 against one. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually the one holding the interviews. This time I was the one being interviewed. So each of us 24 participants in the programme this year uh, went through various stages, as I described there earlier in the programme. But w- the biggest part of it, I suppose, was the, the submission and then the interview on the basis of that submission document. And that was by the, the interview was held by 12 people. So Dennis O'Brien is one of the leading, um, the leading members of the interview panel. And uh, we were interviewed for half an hour or so by those uh, that that crew of 12 people so that was interesting because um to be fair to the interviewing panel they had a lot of knowledge to uh, to gather on each of us 24 participants and to go through a lot of files to build up an, a knowledge at the level that they needed to interview us at so it was enjoyable actually it was really interesting and it was a great honor for me to be able to represent our companies and our business to be able to tell the story and um i'm really representing everybody else in our business to be able to do that on their behalf and that was great yeah so you got to be one of 24 but like there would have been dozens if not hundreds of companies in the initial mix for the Ernst & Young that's right program. I believe over 100 yeah and then it's well over 100 and then it's narrowed down to 24 and what do you think that um, attracted the judges to your story in my case possibly um, a woman in what is still a rather male dominated engineering world I, I would say that, that that was interesting and I would say from the business perse- perspective our business perspective the fact that we're a, a substantial uh, employer now you know between us all we have as you said about a thousand people and we're, we're important to County Carlow not just Carlow Town but County Carlow and there's a lot of jobs depending on us and there's a lot of um, economic benefit by us being there and we're homegrown and we're, we're a little bit unusual because we're in a highly industrialised um, solution providing um, a business but we're situated in Little County Carlow you know and I think that story is interesting and because we're really well known well better known abroad than we are at home um, I suppose when they when the EY team began to find out about the company it was interesting for them mm. and um, we talked about the growth of your company from just one person to 160 now is that it or where do you go from here no, we'll continue to grow and like any business, we'll go through cycles, you know, we, we'll go up and down a little bit. In fact, the industrial heartland of Europe is getting a little bit quieter right now. There's a bit less manufacturing going on in, in Europe now in these last couple of months than there was. And Brexit is having some effect on businesses as well. Um, so, you know, we, at our, our goal, of course, is to keep growing the company. But uh, we had rapid growth there in the last three years. We don't expect to continue to grow at that level, but we want to keep it growing, of course, yeah, mm. and to penetrate more markets. Yes. Carlos had a great record in this uh, Ernst & Young Entrepreneur Programme, Rachel Doyle, Carlo businesswomen indeed, Rachel Doyle um, and also David Walsh over, over recent years. Um, what would you say to people in business who are kind of their interest is piqued by what you're saying? Has it been a worthwhile experience, have you found? What are the benefits? Mm-hmm. Yes, David and, and Rachel are two really good ambassadors of the programme and of business in Carlo in itself. Um, the programme's been great because I've been exposed now to people that I basically didn't know at all before and wouldn't really have had reason to meet in, in most cases there. And uh, they're, they're positive, they're helpful, they're friendly. Um, there's a great network there and I've gotten to know people now that as I say I wouldn't have met before and we can trash around different types of ideas and questions and so on together so it's been very positive and the EY team that run it are really really professional and really helpful I have to say so and, it's been great. And, and work goes into maintaining the network it's not just a case of well Thursday night's over let's move on and 
might bump into you again. There is an active network. There is. There's an, an alumni that I'm now part of after this. So that's great. That keeps going. You, once you're in there, you're in. Uh, you can make as much or as little use of that as you want going forward. But EY continue to run events and to run programs. And we can take part now in the CEO retreat each year if we want. And there is actually a formation going on at the moment of uh, Southeast, uh, Southeast s- um, sub-alumni, if you want to call it that, that's just being formed as well. So there's lots of networking. Yes. Well, Lily, congratulations. Congratulations. It's a fantastic achievement um, and a landmark, presumably, in your business career. Uh, you know, from this point, which it kind of is a is a marker in a very successful career. What are your reflections looking back to the days when PB Machine Tech started off with one employee? What have you learned? What what would you like to pass on to people? What have you know? Mm. Um I suppose, if anything, to stick with it. Don't don't quit. We, we have a poem, actually. We, myself and my father heard this poem on the radio years and years ago, and it was called Don't Quit. And we rang the Liam Nolan programme, as it was at the time, and we said, can we have a copy of that, please? So we got the copy, and we have it posted up over several desks throughout the companies. And um, there's many good bits of little sayings in that poem, and the main message being don't quit, that you might be almost there, you know, just, just don't quit too soon. So I suppose that's something that rings home with us a lot. And I would say to most business people, don't quit too soon, you know. And the other thing I would say is keep an eye on basics like cash flow and performance. <laughs> they're, they're just really so important. And don't don't be too wild either. Don't don't take too many risky chances. We never took huge risks. Some people might say we we're a little bit boring almost. We sort of built brick on brick rather than did anything major in any one period. Um, but we steadily grow the business. And you were advised at one stage to dump all your reserves. Dump is the wrong word, but to invest all your reserves in property, for example, and and you resisted that common sense mm-hmm. prevailed. Yeah, we were when the when the Celtic Tiger was there and everybody was putting anything they had into property. We were heavily advised to go do such things, but either we were too nervous or or, or too slow or whatever. But we we really felt that sticking to the knitting was what we should do because it's what we were comfortable with and what we knew best. And now we're very glad that we did. Yeah, Absolutely. really, we are. So, um, y- yeah, I think they're they're the main things, uh, really. Yes. Lily, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. And thanks for coming in to uh, join us in studio. Thanks, John. Thank you. That was Lily Holmes, Managing Director of PB Machine Tech, finalist in the EY Entrepreneur of the Year competition. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. If you'd like to contact the programme with an observation or a suggestion for something you think we should cover, you can contact us on email at the bottom line at kclr96fm.com. Thanks to everyone who contributed to the programme this week and to the team at KCLR who helped make it all possible to Ken Maguire on sound editing and Deirdre Drummy who produced. I'm John Purcell thanking you for listening and hoping you'll join me next week just after nine for the bottom line. Until then have a good week and enjoy the weekend. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie